0: Hey everybody, don't hit skip! This is Taylor from the Total Soccer Show, and I need to let you know two things. The first is that uh, we have a bit of a scheduling change over at the Total Soccer Show. Daryl and I were going to record the next installment of the International Champions Cup of History, sponsored by Bill and Ted Face the Music. Whew, it's a mouthful. It's getting longer. Uh, but we're going to push that back to Sunday, so that will be out Sunday probably late afternoon, early evening. Then we'll get back to our regular schedule uh, on the week, including a weekend review with Ryan Bailey on Monday. Uh, but for now, we're going to do allocation disorder and then it will be back sunday night until then i also wanted to let you know that in a world of uncertainty one thing is for sure cancer does not stop during a global crisis on saturday june 13th that would be tomorrow the leukemia and lymphoma society will host a trailblazing event the big virtual climb sponsored by abvi uh, it will be to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first in-class patient education and services including financial support and clinical trial navigation i understood most of those words. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or your treadmill, climb your way. Anywhere you can walk, that counts as a step. Uh, Join us for an opening ceremony, then take on your climb with their heart pumping playlist. You can join them on June 13th. As I said, that's tomorrow if you're listening to this the day it comes out. From coast to coast, as we come together to climb, conquer, and cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb one more time. That's lls.org Big Climb.
1: Welcome to Allocation Disorder. I am your host, Sam Stasekul, joined this time not by Paul Tenorio, who is on vacation, but by a very gracious Matt Pence, athletic soccer writer. Of course, you know him. You love him. He's out there in Seattle, Doing great work on the Sounders and a bunch of other things around the American soccer universe. Matt, how's it going tonight, man?
2: Doing well. The sun is shining here in the Northwest still. We're recording what? It's probably nighttime over there in New York. It but is. It's but almost 9 p.m. Here. I'm about uh, two and a half miles northwest of the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone which is what they're calling the part of the city that the police basically stepped away from and is now controlled by protesters. So um, that, <laughs> that happened this week. It's been a weird week.
1: Yeah, Here's- it's uh, it's one of those weeks that, that has felt like a year. And um, it feels like we've been having a lot of those recently. Um, mm-hmm. But hopefully uh, everyone out there is staying safe and uh, trying to do better in their own communities. I know both of us are doing that. Um, anyway, We don't need to spend a ton of time talking about that because MLS is coming back. Um, We are recording this on Thursday night. Um, You'll probably be listening to it at the earliest on Friday afternoon. Um, So yesterday, the league officially announced its return to Orlando. They had agreed with the players on a return to play plan uh, the week before. Uh, but now, now they're back, uh, and we have a few more details. So we're, we're going to talk about that, um, at length here tonight. So, but first I want to run down the details. Um, there will be six groups. Um, the 26 teams will be divided into six groups and I'll give you the quick rundown. So you had six seats. You had Orlando as, as the quote unquote hosts, which is kind of a silly idea. Um, Seattle, Toronto, Real Salt Lake, Atlanta, and LAFC um, Orlando's group is with six teams. Um, they're with Miami. Um, we'll have more on that in a moment. Um, New York city, FC, Philadelphia, Chicago, and Nashville. Um, group B is a Western conference group, Seattle, Dallas, Vancouver, San Jose, C back to the East, Toronto, New England, Montreal, DC, group D, RSL, Kansas city, Rapids, Minnesota, group E back in the East, Atlanta, Cincy, New York, Red Bulls, and Columbus and the Final group last, but I think certainly not least, um, is probably the group of death LAFC LA galaxy, Houston and Portland. Um, so a lot to sort of sift through there, but those, those groups, everyone's going to be playing three games in the group stage. Um, those will count towards the regular season standings. The knockout round will not the top two teams from each group will advance. And then the four top third place finishers will join them in a round of 16, that will then progress to a final on August 11th. First game is on July 8th. Um, these are going to be broadcast on ESPN, Fox, and Univision um, in the U.S. and, and probably TSN and uh, some other networks in Canada and elsewhere around the world. So a lot to unpack, a lot to dig into. Um, but Matt, what are, what are sort of your biggest takeaways from the format, from the draw, from everything? That's that's going on with this Orlando tournament that's going to be kicking off here in a little less than a month.
2: Yeah, I will say earlier today um, when they were doing the draw and it's such a strange time in general, um, but a lot of it just seemed kind of silly. They're kind of trying to thread the needle with being serious about it. I think they actually did a pretty good job um, on the show itself, but it just felt so bizarre Um, doing this draw over Zoom with all these... like You had some executives showing up in suits on Zoom. You had some like LAFC... Poor poor
1: Ollie Curtis was a little bit overdressed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, LAFC ends up just sending a random supporter, um, which we'll see if that ends up being indicative of how seriously they're taking all of this. (laughs) Uh, But so earlier today, it felt a little absurd just the way it's all being laid out. But as the days got on and we started to... A group of us all got together um and, and kind of gave our reactions and started digging into the different matchups and stuff. And I mean it is exciting um to start to actually look at actual games and actually thinking about how these teams matched up. It feels like it's been so long um since we've had any of those type of conversations. So it has
1: been. We were we were talking about it and we we like barely even remember who's on what team right now. So <laughs> we're gonna need a crash course for sure.
2: Yeah, Um, so as the day has gone on and you start to think about some of these teams playing each other, like Portland playing LAFC, for example, like those games are always really fun, thinking about those teams going head-to-head no matter where it's at, um, it's just exciting. Like, I I think it's going to be cool once it finally gets rolling. Um, Yeah, my initial thought was kind of absurdity, um, but I'm warming to it already, so I'm looking forward to getting into all of this.
1: I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I do want to spend a moment on the absurdity aspect. Um, I'm kind of on this tip permanently where, uh, I I say MLS is a league of chaos. And I say that as a term of endearment, just to be totally clear, wild things happen in this league. And that's part of what makes it unique. And part of what makes it makes it fun. It's not the best soccer in the world. No. Um, but it is pretty interesting. It is pretty exciting and often inexplicable and just completely hectic, um, and hard to explain. Um, And that's that's a good thing. And we saw a little bit of that today in the draw. So MLS announced yesterday on Wednesday that everything was coming back and they announced the six seeded teams that I mentioned earlier. As far as everyone knew, the remaining 20 teams were just going to be in a draw. And, you know, it was going to be grouped East and Western Conference with Nashville in the eastern side of things. Um, and then what was it? Two hours, Matt, before, before the draw roundabout, yeah. um, the Miami Herald had a report that Miami was being grouped with Orlando and that they were going to play the first match of this tournament in Orlando on July 8th. And everyone was just kind of the, the collective reaction was, was a little bit of, uh, what the hell? Um, <laughs> I think that's probably fair to say and it, it just seemed very bizarre you the league is telling us that they're having this draw for all of these 20 teams and then two hours before uh there's a report that comes out that was shortly thereafter confirmed by a league announcement that miami was going to go play orlando i don't think anyone really has a problem with miami being in orlando's group in the league deciding that and wanting to do it that way you know you're taking care of your florida teams for this florida man of a tournament um <laughs> So that's all well and good. I just don't know why they build it as a draw. It just seems so weird and ridiculous and kind of chaotic and and maybe I guess appropriate for MLS. So I did want to spend a moment there on just kind of the uh, the ridiculousness of all of that. But um, I don't know if if you want to add anything there.
2: I mean, it just kind of adds to how sort of like slapstick a lot of it feels and how sort of rushed the format feels specifically. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I definitely understand that. Like a level of meticulousness and concern has to have been at the top of the list in terms of putting together an event like this. They have to deal with so many complicated logistics, with the testing, with the hotels and all that. So I'm not trying to imply that the event itself is haphazard in any way, but the format does really feel like they were just like, you know what, (laughs) what if we just had one six-team group? For some reason. Well, I mean, there's no good... I was talking to
1: somebody earlier this week at a club and they were telling me, you know, 26, it's not a prime number, but it's like an even prime number. Like, there is no good way to break up these teams.
2: (laughs) No, but it feels like they just kind of like landed on that and then it feels like some league intern came in this morning and they're like, what if we had the Florida teams play first? And they were like, you know what? That sounds pretty good. Let's do it. Like, everything just seems like it's kind of come together in a very like rapid fashion. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't think that there's a whole lot of harm done. No, uh, I think, I think, think it deep, adds to the charm. It's good for inner Miami to kind of have that little bit of spotlight. I think even for Orlando, for a team that's kind of struggled to have buzz for a little while now Getting to be the quote unquote host and play the first game, I think it's a decent choice. So whatever, but it was definitely Uh, weird.
1: I'm excited to see it. I do kind of wish that you know maybe they held off in hopes of those two playing off for the playing for the first time in front of a crowd because I think that would have been cool. But there's no guarantee we'll have any crowds at all this year. So I get why they did what they did. Um, It is going to be fun. It is going to be funny. I think you know it's not going to be the best soccer, and I think that that's pretty clear. Teams are essentially going to have like two to four weeks of real preseason depending on what the laws are in their own local markets and then they're going to be getting into games in july in central florida um, that's pretty unforgiving all of this is happening on a quick timeline the group stage i think runs for a total of 16 days and the teams that make it to the final will be playing seven games in a maximum time span of, I think 33 or 34 days. And it could be smaller than that, depending on when they actually kick off. Um, I think it's going to be interesting though on a, on a variety of levels and we can get into the competition aspect that we, the the two of us and, and Jeff Reuter and Felipe Cardenas wrote about for the athletic in an article that I would hope everyone would go check out. Um, But one of the interesting things to me is kind of the kickoff times. And Matt, you're going to have a different perspective on this as someone who's in the Pacific time zone. But I am psyched for these 9 a.m. games, man.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I (laughs) am (laughs) not. We are laughing, or at least Matt and Sam are. This is Taylor from the Total Soccer Show interrupting for one moment to let you know that this episode of Allocation Disorder is brought to you by Fubo, more specifically Fubo.tv. Fubo has lots of different plans for watching all of the television you want to watch without having to have that cable subscription. Right now, you could go with the family plan, for example, where three people can watch at once. That plan includes, if you are a soccer fan, BN, TUDN, Fox Sports, CBS, Fox, NBC, Sports NBC plus 500 hours of DVR so you can record all of the soccer. When Major League Soccer returns and there are games at all hours of the day, all day, every day, it seems like it's going to be sort of impossible to watch those games sequentially. you got to take a break, you got to walk around, you got to use that DVR, uh, and then you can be able to keep up to date with all the action and be more informed than Sam and Matt. Uh, that's a difficult task, but Fubo can help. They're offering a seven-day free trial right now, and it's worth remembering that times are pretty tough. Uh, if you want to save money, $50 is more affordable than other cable providers, so Fubo can help you that way as well. And if you're looking at the schedule for upcoming games, we have La Liga resuming this weekend, as Daryl and I talked about on yesterday's Total Soccer Show. Uh, you've got some some enticing matchups, like Mallorca v Barcelona. I'm guessing Stu Holden will be watching that one. You've got Bilbao, Atletico Madrid. You've got Real Madrid, Ibar, Sociedad Osasuna. Of course, we're all going to be tuning in for that. But then over in the Bundesliga, you've got various options, including, say, Dusseldorf-Dortmund. You've got Bayern Munich versus Borussia Gladbach and schalke leverkusen Sunday. Sunday late morning. All of those games are available on Fubo, and when the Premier League returns, you'll be able to watch those games too. So you can stay updated on your favorite leagues as well as local broadcast news by going to Fubo.tv slash TSS today and start your free seven-day trial. You will not regret it. That's Fubo.tv slash TSS. Start your free trial today. Thank you very much to Fubo for sponsoring this episode of Allocation Disorder and for putting the Kooligans on air and giving them a TV show. We appreciate that. We've been on there before. You should check them out. Two. So thank you very much to Fubo. Back to Sam talking to Matt.
2: My thing with it is like, I don't know um, how many of our listeners played like high school sports. And there was always like the summer camp that you would go to. Like I played like high school basketball and we would always go to the St. Bonaventure basketball camp. And we were like in the small school division. So we got the gym at weird times. And so there would be days where it's like you're playing an 8 a.m. tip off. And those games, like on top of everything that you're already talking about with the lack of sharpness and the lack of conditioning and all that kind of stuff, you throw in like an early morning kickoff with your body clock already thrown off for a lot of these teams. And like those games are going to be weird, um, but Super hopefully weird. in like a fun way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's like 6 a.m. Like I'm going to have to force myself out of bed to watch some of these things.
1: Absolutely. Um Although you know you do that with with Portsmouth, don't you, Matt? Your League One team of choice, where you know you're, uh, they're going into the playoffs, aren't they?
2: Yeah, and they could play that at like four thirty a.m. and I will be getting up for it. So, so I- you.
1: if you can do that for no damn good reason at all, um, you know you can get up at six a.m. for your job, right?
2: that seems <laughs> you sure on the, my priorities are on I'm some putting
1: life. you on the spot here i'm kind of blowing <laughs> you up that's my bad i personally am excited to watch soccer over a cup of coffee and breakfast at 9 a.m here on the east coast so i'm looking forward to that aspect of it but let's let's get into the competition side and i think the two of us agree on the strongest group and the weakest group i think i'll throw it at you i think group a the six team group with orlando Miami, NYCFC, Philly, Chicago, Nashville is pretty, pretty much by far the weakest, and they're in a weird spot because you know they have a lower chance just by the numbers of qualifying all of those teams compared to the other groups. And I think the strongest group is Group F with the two LA teams, LAFC, LA Galaxy, um, Portland, and Houston. Having said all of that, we don't really know where this thing's going to go right we don't know what teams are going to show up motivated or unmotivated we don't know who's which players are going to be exempt and not exempt and how that's going to affect things we don't know how injuries are going to work um and there are going to be injuries when you're talking about that heat that length of a preseason and you're in Orlando um just there's going to be some hamstring pulls no doubt um so all of this is very much up in the air but um i think the two of us agree that a lot of this a good way to look at it is through a lens of what teams are going to prioritize. And uh, I'm curious, Matt, if you could elaborate on that and, and maybe talk about it a little bit more.
2: Yeah, and I will say that, I mean, I'm sure that there are a lot of sports gamblers out there that have been desperate for any kind of action at this point with how long sports is <laughs> But like if you are laying down any significant or considering laying down any significant amount of money on the results of this tournament, like stay away, man. Like this should be like a wake up call. Like this is going to be. Just absolute. I don't know. You could probably get good odds
1: on certain teams. Who knows?
2: <laughs> if you, yeah, you want to play the field and like pick the Chicago fire to win it all for some reason, like do that because I could see <laughs> something random like that happening. But like, if You're trying to like play the odds and see if you can get LASC and bank on them being motivated. Like it just seems like that's going to be all over the place. But in terms of the motivation, yeah, I think that that's the central thing because I think there's kind of a sweet spot for teams. I think there's going to be. The teams that, I don't know, can use this tournament to build some badly needed momentum. Like I was looking at Group B, um, which is the Western Conference group of the Sounders, who with the Champions League berth on the line, maybe the Sounders end up trying to go for it. They always at least like talk a big game about wanting to win every available trophy. But the rest of that group, if you look at a team like FC Dallas, it's kind of been a fringe contender for a little while. They have like a pretty defined style of play they're usually pretty hungry to kind of do that us against the world thing. Like if they can go out and win this tournament, it it does kind of add some legitimacy, um, to kind of them as a contender overall. And somebody like Vancouver also in that group that really hasn't had anything good to talk about in a while. Um, you can get some momentum, make sort of an underdog run, even deep into the knockout rounds. Like that could be a legitimately big thing for them. Um, under Mark Santos trying to get it going there. San Jose missed the playoffs last year, also play a very distinctive style. They could kind of show that that one year wasn't a fluke whenever they kind of got hot for a little while there. Like, I think that those teams that are just kind of looking for a reason to have people buy in and and gain some confidence and want to feel like something's going in the right direction, this is a real opportunity for that. Um, And then at the other end, you have the teams that are always looking for a Champions League berth, Um, the bigger teams like the Sounders, for example, or Atlanta United, where that competition is a really big deal for them. This is a way to kind of get one of those bursts. And I think that we talked about it earlier um, on our sort of group thing that we did in that story that, I mean, it's just a way for a lot of these teams to, you bank something early in the year, and maybe it takes a little bit of pressure off the rest of the season. It's a way to get kind of this initial accomplishment and then kind of go from there.
1: Absolutely. Um, And I think that's a pretty interesting concept and I think that cuts both ways, right? So for me, you talk about, all right, and I I don't know if I even mentioned this off the top, so I'll, I'll go back and mention it now, but the winner of this thing gets a cash prize And a berth in the 2021 CONCACAF Champions League. So that's kind of what's at stake here in addition to the group play games counting for the regular season. Um, So it's going to be really interesting because I think certain teams are going to use this as kind of like, all right, let's go to Orlando, let's work out some of the kinks, let's get fit, and let's get out of there unscathed. That's going to be the priority for a few of these teams, right? And some teams, like you mentioned, are going to kind of go down there and try and use this as a springboard, right? where they can carry that momentum back into the season, maybe surprise some people. This is going to be a weird year, right? You can kind of, I don't want to say throw it all the way out the window, but the preseason expectations, they're a little bit more muddled now just because of how compressed everything is going to be and we don't know how many games there are going to be. And so, you know, kind of anything can happen. Anything goes even more than usual in a anything-goes league like MLS. Um, so that's going to be interesting. The one team that I keep coming back to, and I wrote about this, is Colorado. And I think they're pretty interesting. They started the season well. Um, they have a pretty talented squad, um, not overly, overly talented or overly deep, but, but decent pretty much everywhere on the field. They have a good familiarity with Robin Fraser, who coached them down the stretch last year. It's a great effect. And they were one of the best teams in the league over the second half of last season, really the last two thirds of last season. So they're probably pretty confident. They're certainly hungry because that club hasn't done jack in about a decade since they won mls cup with the exception of one or two seasons um and they could go down there and say hey we're gonna prove ourselves we're gonna we're gonna make our mark and we're gonna let you know that we're not to be trifled with and so i could see that happening they're also pretty young and that's important and i mentioned er injuries earlier but when you talk about squad rotation and you talk about you know guys coming up lame like that's going to be huge. Recovery is going to be huge. And young guys recover better than older guys. Um, and so I think they have a little bit of an advantage there. And one, one kind of interesting aspect to, to this to me, Matt, and I was talking to somebody at a, at a club um, earlier this week, and he said that they've maxed out their travel party basically to get as many trainers and massage therapists and doctors and people that can help out on the medical and recovery front. As possible, So like people that would normally go on an away trip, at least for a big game, like a playoff game, they're not going because every team only gets so many slots uh, to send people. And they're maxing out on the people that can help their players recover and turn around in time so that they can uh, be rested as rested as possible and as ready to go as possible um, for the next game. So I think that's going to be interesting. This could be a real test of, of which team's athletic training staff is the best in a way. Um, and I think, you know, that's going to favor the younger teams like Colorado, like Dallas, like you mentioned, play a lot of young guys. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting part to this
2: for sure. And going back to the Rapids, we were basically like jumping on top of each other to claim them as our, <laughs> we <were. laughs> uh, cause I was able to, um, go down during preseason and kind of shadow their camp for a day down in Los Angeles where that was. It was in early February, but it feels like last December, give <laughs> It's just been so long. De- um, December
1: 2018, you mean, right? Yeah.
2: Like it just feels like <laughs> a lifetime ago at this point. But I was able to shadow them for a day and get some good access to the players and got to kind of get an up close view of Robin Fraser's coaching style. And I just came away really impressed. Like he's just, he's a very sharp guy who seemed very encouraged with where they were at in terms of grasping his style of play. Um, Not a lot of big egos on that team, so it just seems like if there were a team that was hungry to go in there and prove itself and prove that they're moving in the right direction and buy into a tournament that maybe not everybody's super into, Like it just seems like a young, hungry group that would be willing to go all in for something like this. So I don't know. I I was high on them coming into this year anyway, and if you look at their first couple games... They had a couple like sloppy goals given up, but they were in every game fighting for every single sort of like loose ball and everything else. I think they could do some real damage here, and they're the team that I think I am the most excited to watch in this specific format.
1: I'm excited to check them out. I'm also excited to see a few other teams or interested to see a few other teams. Um, the Galaxy really stick out to me. Um, they did not not they did not look so great in their first two games. They lost Alexander Katai um, for interesting circumstances and reasons to say the least his wife made a pretty racist social media post and and the team ended up parting ways um seems like there was some sort of buyout with him um on his contract so that's kind of a wild story that's been lost a little bit in the shuffle of everything here over the last week or two um but very interested to see what the galaxy look like um they have high expectations this year and guillermo boros their head coach, if they if things don't go right, I think he's going to be in some trouble um, at the end of this year, maybe even before that. So I think he his seat is a little bit hot, um, and I think they need to get things right. They have a lot of talent on that team, um, but how much is that talent going to show up in this, right? How engaged is Jonathan Dos Santos going to be? Is Chicharito going to be? Um, mm. Sebastian Leggett, right? And how is that back line going to look? They've had a lot of problems there um is christian pavone is he gonna show up but like you know these are these are real players top players yeah. in in mls but are they are they going to be engaged are they going to be motivated i think that's a real question um i'm also interested in the other la team lafc they have all the talent in the world they're the best team in the league they proved that last year over the regular season despite losing to the sounders in the playoffs in the western conference final um They have the best player in the league in Carlos Vela. But is he going to be there? That to me is maybe the biggest question mark I have with this entire tournament. Is Vela going to go? His wife is pregnant. I believe she's going to be about 20 weeks along. And, you know, let's remember, this is a guy who essentially declined to go to a World Cup in 2014 for Mexico um, when push came to shove. Um, And is he going to want to you know, be away from his pregnant wife and their young child that they already have? Um, for potentially six and a half, seven weeks, um, to go play this weird, kind of bizarre MLS's back tournament in Orlando. Uh, I would guess that he's not going to want to do that. Maybe he'll prove me wrong. Um, but if he doesn't go, what does LAFC look like? Um, I think that they have enough horses and firepower in the attack to still be pretty damn good. Um, but that's a real question mark. So I'm, I'm very interested in them. I'm trying to think what other teams I have. I have highlighted here, Dallas is one for sure. Um, Cincinnati for me is actually going to be really interesting to look at because yeah. y- Yop Stom is coming in and this is, this is going to be his first game in charge. He's a new head coach. Um, he's never, you know, had the team in a full session. I don't think they're in full training in Cincinnati. Maybe they are, but if he has had them in full sessions, it's been minimal. And so what is he going to do? He doesn't know that his team yet. He doesn't know the league. Is he going to go out and say, guys, let's just maintain a a good, solid, tight defensive shape and try and hit teams on the break? Is he going to say, you know what? We don't have that many expectations in the regular season or for making the playoffs, so let's go balls to the wall down here and see what happens? I I don't know, but it's going to be super interesting to watch that one.
2: For sure. And yeah, another team that uh, I'm really interested in is Sporting Kansas City, um, who's been really like an underrated like legitimately annual MLS Cup content. Except for last year, they when pop-
1: when they had a ton of injuries. Yeah.
2: And Kansas City always has a ton of
1: injuries. And it's an older yeah. team, and they have soft tissue problems. And they're missing Felipe already for the season, their main playmaker.
2: Yep. Yeah, and it's just a team that, I mean, you can make a case that they could have made legitimate MLS, MLS Cup runs basically three years in a row, up until last year. And I feel like they're facing adversity on a level that I don't know, or maybe some questions about the directions of that club that they haven't in a really long time. And, again, we're talking about teams that have something to prove. I think Kansas City under Peter Vermees, like probably could use putting a stamp on something to say that they're heading in the right direction, and they're definitely another one that I have a close eye on. And, and sort of the, yeah, I feel like our, our range of teams that we're interested in is all over the place, but one yeah. of the appealing things about this tournament is that, I don't know, you can talk yourself into it mattering, for almost everybody, I almost think that yeah, the teams with the least to lose or prove are probably the least interesting to me. Like somebody like Atlanta United or even a team like the Sounders, that they're going to go in and be professional and they're all competitors and they're going to go out there and I don't know, put in a good shift, I'm sure. But teams that don't have a whole lot to prove at the moment, how much are they really going to have to go all in on this? Like I'm more interested in the teams that are either on the fringe or really have question marks about the directions of these teams.
1: We may have mentioned them already, but which team do you think has kind of the most to prove or the most to gain?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think, honestly, Kansas City might be my answer. Just because of how bad last year was. And uh, I'm going to change my answer and steal yours and go with the Galaxy. <laughs> just because, like it seems like a really crucial year for them in general. Like it just really does seem like a pivot point for that entire organization in a way that Kansas City, I mean, if they have another down year, maybe they'll be at that point. But the Galaxy yeah. seem like they're in a transition period in general. Um, and so I'll be really interested to see how will and especially because their group is so tough um can they get out of there can they kind of show signs of that talent and quality um they're a team that i think has a lot what about for you We will find out what about for Sam in just one moment. But first, if you are one of those fans
0: who's maybe a little bit apprehensive about your group about that draw, if you're a Galaxy fan and you're not sure how it's going to go, then today's sponsor might be for you. It's Sunday Scaries. Sunday Scaries are specially formulated CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12. Got to get that D3. Got to get that B12. They're super consumable, easy to take on the go, which maybe won't matter since you can't have fans in attendance. I doubt many people are going to be flocking to Florida this time of the year, Uh, but you can keep them at home. And take them. And if you are one of those fans, say a Galaxy fan, and you're feeling a little bit nervous, you're feeling a little bit anxious, maybe that CBD will help you calm down, find your composer, stay calm as things potentially unwind. If they do, you won't then smash your remote against the wall, which you don't want to do because you need that remote to turn the TV off if the game is going poorly. Instead, the CBD plus the vitamins in B12 can help you relax, find your center, and focus on what truly matters, like your arch rival, then losing, and you can feel better. Uh, Sunday Scaries have become the leading CBD brand for millennials. Last year, Sunday Scaries CBD gummies and CBD oil won top accolades from Forbes, Men's Health, Allure, and Best Products. I am still intrigued by the uh, CBD bath bomb. Uh, I want to know what that is like. I promise if I ever do get the opportunity, I will not tell you about it because that feels like too much information. You can get 25% off your first order with the code SOCCER at sundayscaries.com. That's 25% off your first order at sundayscaries.com and enter the code SOCCER. Where it asks for a coupon on the checkout page, so you can basically find out what products might be right for you, and then when you check out, use the code soccer for twenty five percent off your first order. Thank you very much to Sunday Scaries for sponsoring this episode of Allocation Disorder. Now back to Sam talking about what he finds interesting, which in my experience is a word that means bad.
1: Yeah, I mean I think both of those teams are are certainly interesting. I think Kansas City's in an interesting sort of conundrum because while you're absolutely right that. You know They have a decent amount to prove after a really bad year last year, and Peter Vermes is the kind of guy to push the pedal to the metal all the time. They also have that injury history. And so how do you balance that, right? You want to go for it. Everyone wants to win, but he also needs to be cognizant of, I can't run my guys into the ground, especially with Felipe out for the year. So you're already down a body, one of your most important players, and you need to be cautious because that core, Espinosa, Beasler, Zussi, they ain't getting any younger, man. So it's that's going to be really interesting to see how he strikes that balance and if he's able to strike that balance. So that's certainly one of my more interesting teams as well. I mean, there's the expansion teams, just to see more yeah. data points on how they look, right? Um, I think I'm more interested in Miami than in Nashville. I think we have an idea of how Nashville is going to play. Um, one other team that I'm kind of looking at, or two other teams, are both in the East, uh, Philly. I think they've been really good the last yeah. two years in terms of punching above their weight in particular, yeah. can they level up further on
2: teams to watch? All yeah, that, con-
1: I mean, I don't, we, we joke about the, the MLS games feeling like, you know, they happened years ago, but that game that they had against LAFC, which yeah. may have been the last MLS game to happen as a matter of fact, um, was a classic. That was an yeah. incredible game out in California. Um, and so I'm interested to see if they can, they can take a step up. And like really establish themselves as a as a big boy, um, so I'm I'm curious there, and I'm also looking at the Red Bulls as a really interesting team to watch. Um, I think that organization is uh, not committed to winning, to say the least. Um, you know, obviously the Red Bulls are part of a global network. Um, that includes Salzburg where Jesse Marsh, former New York head coach is currently the head coach and Leipzig in the Bundesliga, which is one of the best teams in Germany. Um, but it seems pretty apparent from the moves that they've made that, you know, they're more interested in being a feeder club, um, for those European teams than in really going for it in MLS. That being said, they've been one of the better teams in the league over the last, geez, almost this last decade. Really? I think they had three supporter shields if I'm not mistaken. Um, But they've never gotten over the hump in one MLS Cup. And, you know, can they go on and get a trophy in a knockout situation here? Maybe, right? They have a defined system. They know how they want to play. They have a core that understands each other and has been together for years. Um, They're traditionally a very fit team. Um, I don't expect that to change this time around. Um, That being said, their style, right, which is high press and really requires that high level of fitness that might not be conducive to a short preseason and playing in really brutal temperatures in Florida. So, you know, I could see that cutting both ways. I think they will be pretty motivated, but will kind of the stylistic cohesion, will that win out over the difficulties of the heat um, and how that meshes with their pressing style in Florida? Um, I think that's going to be interesting to watch, especially because Chris Armas has some real pressure on him from that fan base. I don't know if he has pressure on him internally from the organization, but that fan base is not, not pleased with how things went last year. So I think I'm curious about the Red Bulls for sure.
2: Yeah. And they had kind of lost that spark to a degree. Like even though they were kind of right in it all the way to the end, it just, it just didn't seem like they had that same sort of like whatever it is that sort of intangible that they had had for a really long time that they could beat anyone anywhere. Right,
1: and they don't go out. They don't spend money. They're one, they're in New York. They have an incredible stadium. They tarp it off. Um, they don't. They're not interested really in in spending money to market themselves. I don't know. Like that's a separate discussion and story entirely. But um, you know, it would be a nice little feather in the cap for that team, maybe towards their own ownership of like, Hey, you might not, we might be the, the, the redheaded, um, neglected child of the family. Um, but we can do things too. Um, so I think, I think that'll be, that will be interesting. That's something I'm looking at. Um, do you think there's any teams that are set up to fail down here? I mean, obviously there are hierarchies within MLS of who's good and who's not as good. But aside from that, do you think there's any teams that, you know, aren't really or this tournament isn't conducive to?
2: I think, yeah, you mentioned Cincinnati already. I mean, bringing in a new head coach and throwing him into this immediately is tough, man. Like, it's it's just tough. Um, I I don't even know how you would go about kind of putting this together on the fly in that kind of atmosphere in like a pretty difficult group. Um, I don't know if NYCFC... Um, really has a lot to gain from this in general. Like They've proven that they can play a, a very attractive brand of style, and they've kind of underwhelmed the playoffs to a degree, but I mean, even if they go out and end up winning this thing, does that really prove anything to anyone? Kind of similar to LAFC, honestly, that they're a team that they've achieved a lot and been a really, really good team. I mean, last year's team was among the most exciting I've ever seen in MLS, but they've already been tagged with that idea that they can't get it done in the playoffs and right. is winning this tournament really going to solve anything for them. To me, it's almost like a lose lose for them. If they continue to be excellent and end up winning it, I mean, I don't think it's going to change anything for them necessarily. I, don't
1: know. I, th- I think winning knockout games would actually change something for them. I really do. But, yeah. the, but it's an interesting point and that's a good illustration of how all of this can cut both ways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, and also it just gets to the bigger question on, How is this going to be perceived by the MLS fan bases in general and by more casual fans? Like, I'll be really interested to see what the interest level is like among casual fans that are just looking for something to watch, how seriously the supporters of these teams take it, and if they end up really getting swept up in it and considering it to be a big deal, or or if it kind of falls flat. Like, I think that that's a legitimate open question. As exciting as it is now, How's it going to be received? I don't think that we're really going to get a sense for that um, until we really get close to kickoff.
1: If you had to give an answer to that question that you just asked, how do you think it's going to be received?
2: Oh, I don't want to be like the pessimist here because like, I came in so like optimistic with my intro about how. Right. Was- and so MLS fans are going to
1: enjoy it because MLS will be back and it will be a ton of games and it'll be kind of fun to watch. But like from the general public standpoint, which was a consideration for the league coming back in this way, they wanted to be back early so they could get more eyeballs on the league. So from that general public standpoint, what's your feeling? And, you know, you don't need to be held to this. We're just guessing, speculating.
2: I'm going to guess that just the production is just going to be tough um, because you and Paul Tenoria, who I am replacing on this podcast, hopefully full time. Yes, permanently. Um, guys, Paul takes guys,
1: vacation. He's getting Wally pipped, man. Yeah. And
2: you guys have pointed out that it's like it's one thing for the Bundesliga to come back and play in these big empty stadiums and they've been able to pump in some crowd noise and maybe it doesn't feel that odd and the quality of play is so high that you can just sort of get wrapped up into the quality of the touches and the passing and all of these moves. And MLS having been out of the loop for a while and the quality is just still not nearly what it is in those top European leagues. You take away the atmosphere and, I mean, this league has spent so much time hyping up the atmospheric event type, I don't know. Rightfully so. It's a good product, yeah yeah they've leaned on that for a while and so you take that away and you're not i mean you're showing portland against lafc but it's not at providence park it's in the middle of this complex in orlando like i just don't know i don't know how compelling of a tv product it's going to be especially beyond the core of diehards but maybe people are so hungry for it maybe sort of the novelty of it will impress some people i'm not sure but if i had to like take a guess on whether this was going to really resonate outside of that kind of soccer bubble. I would guess. No. What do you think?
1: I think in a like super meaningful way and a super impactful way, I think I'm with you. I do think it'll pull in some fans on the margins. You know, I think people that have given MLS a try, but never really gotten into it or people that have been like, you know what? Like, I'll give this a shot. Why not? I can't go outside. There's nothing else on. I might as well. Right. I think you'll get a few of those people to tune in and to stay tuned in and and they'll fall for it. I think. I think as... You know, if you're talking about a huge major impact and talking about improving TV viewership numbers from 250,000-ish for a national TV game to 750,000-ish for a national TV game once this all ends, no, of course that's not going to happen. But maybe you can get a little bit of a bump and every little bit helps, right? Um, It's going to be interesting. I mean, we've talked about it. It's not going to be the best product that MLS could potentially have. This is not going to be the ceiling in terms of the on-field product for the league. I think everyone... I don't think anyone's under any illusions about that. But I do think it's going to be nice to see sports again. I do think it's... Um, I, I actually do... I do like the format. Um, yeah. Like a World Cup style where you can count on it every single day at certain times and you can come back and it'll be on the same three channels and you can watch and there will be a good kind of sense of competition. And And I think the players will be motivated and I think they'll be trying hard. I think those competitive juices will take over once they get onto the field. Um, So I think it'll be, I think it'll be positive. I just don't think it'll be earth shattering or anything like that. That's kind of my, my general thought on it.
2: Yeah. And we've talked a lot about a lot of the discussion around this tournament was kind of beating back some of the other pro sports in the U S and I mean, NWSL is going to proceed it. So MLS is kind of going to be the second quote unquote major league in the U S to come back. But I also think it might be a little bit underrated how much the return of the English Premier League in the Bundesliga play.
1: La Liga today. Yeah,
2: yeah, like that might end up hurting it in a way that like whenever these discussions started and this started to get put into motion, it was really unclear who was going to come back. Um, But the Premier League, I mean, they're going to be playing games. It sounds like every other day and we're talking about if we're going to get up at 6 a.m. on the West Coast to watch a game. Um, and there's like your casual sports fan who just wants to watch something. And if you're giving them the option of, I don't know, inter Miami against Chicago versus Liverpool against whoever, I'm just interested to see how it plays out. I just think that I don't know that the vacuum is going to be quite as significant than they might've originally thought, but, Knows how that actually plays
1: out no i agree with you and it'll help that mls will be on during the week right and every day during the group stage for i think 16 straight days so that'll help because the epl and these other european leagues won't be playing that as frequently but yeah i I do agree with you that that the appetite might be a little less than everyone anticipated um but it's going to be interesting and i think you know just kind of wrapping this up here I do think it's it's positive and I you know, you said it earlier, Matt, and I'll echo what you said, but it's exciting. You know, soccer's coming back. This is a league that everyone that's listening to this show, if we're being honest, is probably pretty invested in. Um, yeah. it's certainly a league that you and I are invested in, quite obviously. We cover it for a living. Um and it's exciting that it's that it's gonna be back on the field and that we don't have to talk about force majeure clauses anymore. Or, you know, what hotel they're going to be staying at. Um, although there is going to be, there are probably going to be some very interesting stories coming out of that hotel. Hopefully we'll be able to tell a few of those for you. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just excited for, for soccer to be back. And, you know, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can sustain our, our excitement and energy because it's, it is going to be a lot all at once.
2: Yeah. I'm with you though that. I really like the format. It's just, I liked it. They just went a little bit different with it in the sort of World Cup. I mean, you're just going to see some different things from these teams than we're used to. If you're going to have to throw something together on the fly in the middle of a season, at least it's different. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun in general. I'm definitely with you on that, That I really like the way it all kind of came together on that side of it. And yeah, I'm also just really excited to see these teams on the field again and get into some of these narratives that, um, Brian Schmetzer, that he had a conference call earlier in the week, and he was saying how he had to reiterate to his players this week, whenever it all came through, that they are still technically the defending champions, and we're only <laughs> like, eight months removed from them having like probably the best moment in their entire history at a, like a sold-out CenturyLink, yeah. and winning MLS Cup there, and like so many aspects of that feel impossible now. <laughs> That's not that long ago, and no. just. But I can still remember that day and just like, I don't know, getting wrapped up in the narrative of everything that was to cover. And so having that come back and just seeing all these different personalities on the field and interacting again, it's going to be fun. Um, You've talked me back into my optimistic side, so – I'm there you it. go
1: there you go we went on a journey and now we're both in a positive place and uh hopefully everyone else that listened to 40 minutes of this podcast is there with us uh, matt i remember that day at mls cup i believe we were sitting right next to each other in the press box um hopefully hopefully we can do that again soon uh, but until then we'll enjoy this tournament and uh enjoy these games and enjoy mls um, so thanks so much for joining me, man. I really appreciate you, uh, stepping in in a pinch here for Paul and, you know, I'll let you guys fight it out for, who, for who gets to come back next
2: week. <laughs> it was a pleasure, man. Yeah. Anytime. Well, thank you, Matt. And thanks to everyone
1: for listening. This has been allocation disorder. I am Sam Stasekul. He is Matt Pence until next time signing off.